I was really realizing that I wasn't happy with my life in the way that I'd been following what I thought I was supposed to be doing with myself. And I, I was not happy, I wasn't healthy. So I was living in Toronto and I was working these jobs that were, I thought made me feel important, you know? Like, oh, I'm doing what I went to school for and I'm doing these really cool things that whenever I tell people what I do for work, they're like, oh my gosh, you do what? Like, that is so cool. And you know, that made me feel good for a while. It made me feel like I was a useful citizen of the world, you know, like a useful part of society. I was living in the city and it was miserable. Um, it was not the place where I was meant to be, but it took me a while to figure that out because uh, I was just so used to having my head down for long enough of like nose to the grindstone, just doing my work, going home, sleeping, doing it all over again kind of thing. That was the voice of Gwendolyn. She's a YouTuber, falconer and an artist. And today, she has a very personal and inspiring story to tell. My name is Kalle Flodin, and you're listening to My True North, the podcast where I sit down with a fascinating individual who has been brave enough to go after what they truly want out of life. Before we start this episode today, I just want to tell you that I've just published my very own ebook. It's called Find Your True North, your roadmap to creating a life you don't need vacation from. It's filled with creative challenges and tools. And it also includes its very own community. And it's actually already 300 people that have bought the ebook. So they are already in there, in the community, talking together, growing together. If you want to learn more about the ebook, you can simply click the link in the description of this episode. And now, let's roll the episode. Then I say hi and welcome to Gwen. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very fine. As I just told you before the recording, I was just out running and I took it a bit too far and now I'm overly tired in my body, mm-hmm. but in a, you know, a good way. In a good way. Yeah, I feel that. We yeah. went for a hike up the mountain the day we before we started a new job on Monday and uh, we we're both mm. really feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. So for people listening, who are you? Oh gosh. <laughs> that's, that's a big a, question. That's a scary question. Um well, on YouTube, I go by Gwendolyn, which is my name. <laughs> As for who I am, what I'm doing right now, um, gosh, where do you even start with a question like that? Um, well, I recently moved very far north. Um, as you know, I was living down south. I live in Ontario in Canada. Um, it's a really weirdly shaped province. If you go and look at it on Google Maps, it's got this like big chunk at the top and then it kind of narrows down and then goes on a slant like this so it's actually more southern than a lot of the states which i never knew as a kid growing up i didn't realize that um so i used to live an hour north of toronto that's where i grew up um the last i was the last year and a half i think i was living in toronto for work and um Itch. Oh gosh, yeah. So that's that was kind of the catalyst as to why I started my YouTube channel and why I started making a lot of the videos that I have. Um, and then the culmination of that as to where we are right now um, is why I decided to move 1,400 kilometers north. Um, and that's why Ontario is kind of funny because there's this weird separation between north and south. Um, yeah, it's just like two totally different worlds. Um, I'm not somebody that's been in the online space for very long. It's literally just been this past year's when I started making videos. I think 
right back in January. Um, but I grew up in the countryside. Um, we had 10 acres where I lived and looking back on it, the forest isn't anything special or spectacular, but you know, when I was a kid, like that was my place. That was where I spent all of my time. Well, not my sister would laugh if she heard me say that because I also went through this phase into adolescence where I spent a lot of time inside playing video games and <laughs> yeah, watching I think we Netflix. all had that face. Yeah. Um, but I'm really lucky to have had that outside space for so long when I was growing up as a child. Um, and so when I moved to the city, that was a huge change for me that I didn't expect would be as dramatic as it was. Um, yeah. So that's my recent history. But how was it? I'm curious as a YouTuber myself, like mm -hmm. how, since you've been, been on the platform for not that long, mm -hmm. how was it, if you still remember it, how, how was it to publish the very first video mm -hmm. to hit publish? How was that? Oh, it was really scary, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was really scary, which I'm sure is the answer that everybody gives. But the thing that I did to kind of help myself out in that way was the first few videos that I made, I wasn't in them. Um, mm. So I did these like nature ambiance videos where I set up my microphone beside like a little creek. Um, and I took some footage of it and I strung it all together for like those kinds of, like that's its own whole genre on YouTube is like the nature ambiance. You put it on in the background and it runs for a few hours. And um, it's just like this nice calming nature soundtrack so those are the first couple of videos that i made so that kind of helped me ease into the thought of putting myself on the internet for the world to see because that was that was a really scary thing for me to get over um yeah and uh the reason why i started my channel is a whole story in and of itself um as i'm sure it is for everybody um yeah what's yeah. that story now i got really curious yeah um it's it's interesting for me because i've never had the opportunity to really tell it like this so this is really special for me that um i can actually put the story out in my own words and it's not just like exclusively living in my head like forever <laughs> um <laughs> yeah I'm, like my family and my really close friends know why i started my channel um yeah it's hard to figure out where to start with that because it's such a big thing. Um, and I don't know how to like talk about this because it started with Yana Yintin is basically mm -hmm. how... Yeah, that's how, where we all were. I think. Yeah, how that happened for me, which is such a universal thing for her, a lot of people, I think, within this sphere, um, which is so special and it just speaks to how massive of an impact she has on people in the most different but also the same really profound ways um so i found her channel at a point when i was really realizing that i wasn't happy with my life in the way that you know i had been following what i thought i was supposed to be doing with myself um and i i was not happy i wasn't healthy um yeah so i was living in toronto and i was working these jobs that were I thought made me feel important, you know, like, oh, I'm doing what I went to school for and I'm doing these really cool things that whenever I tell people what I do for work, they're like, oh my gosh, you do what? Like, that is so cool. Um, and, you know, that made me feel good for a while. It made me feel like I was a useful citizen of the world, you know, like a useful part of society. Yeah, you felt important. 
Yeah, um, I didn't feel like a failure, essentially. Like that was a huge fear for me of like, especially because I went into the environmental field. Like I, I met so many people in college who were really struggling in terms of work and because a lot of environmental work, it's contract seasonal work and there aren't a lot of them, you know? So it's it's a really competitive field depending on what you're doing specifically. But yeah, I was just, I was living in the city and it was miserable. Um, it was not the place where I was meant to be, but it took me a while to figure that out because uh, I was just so used to having my head down for long enough of like nose to the grindstone, just doing my work, going home, sleeping, doing it all over again kind of thing. <laughs> um, and it got to the point where I was like, what the heck am I doing? Like, this is not good for me physically or mentally. Something needs to change, but I have no idea what. And like the future just looked like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like I'm done school now and this is just what I'm going to be doing forever. Like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do that. Um, and I found her channel by chance. I had seen one of her cool Ning videos a few years ago, but it never like really registered for me. Like I watched it. It was like, oh, that's really cool. Like that's so special. Like, wow. And then I just went on my day and never thought about it again and I was never this person who spent any amount of time on YouTube like I didn't realize the full potential of what the platform is and what it is for people like for creators and for people who are watching the videos um so I never went and explored her channel and then I found it again uh a year ago now last the end of last October um I don't remember what video I found again, but then I just got sucked down this Yana rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> I binge watched yeah. all of her videos for like a straight month. I was just like, that was what I was looking forward to at the end of my days. Every single day was just going home and like watching all of these videos. And I felt like I was living in this alternate reality when I, I like I felt like I was in her videos with her like as she's doing the things she's doing and telling these stories and sharing these experiences with people and um, I don't know where the thought of also starting my own channel came into play along that time frame um, but I think it came up for me because when I was younger probably about like nine or ten and like the quote-unquote old days of YouTube <laughs> where it was like a lot of yeah. comedy stuff um, I had this idea to start a YouTube channel and I remember taking out a notebook and I wrote down all the ideas I had and then I looked at it again the next day and suddenly I was really mad at myself. Like the thought of, of like, oh my gosh, I actually thought it would be a good idea to put myself on the internet like that. Like how stupid is that? And I ripped up all the pages and threw it out and never thought about it again. Um, but then this time around when I was watching Yana's videos, it was like I was reconnecting with this part of myself that I had lost from living in the city. Like the part of me that grew up in nature close to the land and the forest and, you know, rivers and streams and all the animals and everything like that. Um, and I, cause I didn't have any access to that when I was living in the city. Um, and it was like this whole part of myself that I completely forgot about and neglected. And when I realized that, that was kind of like a hard turning point for me of like, wow, I actually let myself get lost in the rat race. I let myself, I let a huge part of myself disappear. But it's so easy to get there because it's such a norm. And you're like, if you're not questioning everything around you, you're still going to be on that path. But mm -hmm. if you get inspiration from the outside, like Jonna or whoever, mm -hmm. it might help you to just like take a small turn and then expand way onto that, uh, yeah. in that direction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's very true. <sighs> 
yeah so as i'm watching all of her videos and i'm feeling like i'm reconnecting with this long lost part of myself not long lost it was just like a year and a half but still it felt like a long enough time um and it really shocked me that i had lost connection with that part of myself um that loves being on the land and just living not minimalistically but just simply and like just all of that um and I debated about starting my channel probably on and off for like a month. And my boy, my poor boyfriend this whole time, like he's just listening to me go back and forth. Like, do I do it? Do I not do it? Do I do it? Do I not do it? And it was so agonizing and painful because I'm such an indecisive person. Um, and, but oh gosh, what I was really dealing with when I was trying to decide if I should. And the moment that I realized that I had to, if, for no reason other than just for myself and what I would get out of it is that it would force me to accept that I'm a real person and that's something that I can say and I understand what it means but I'm not totally sure like if like maybe people understand what I mean when I say that like oh I'd have to accept that I'm a real person like what do you mean obviously you're a real person but if you're somebody that's gone through I guess trauma in your life and you've had experiences that have created this sort of disconnect with your relationship to yourself and how you fit into the world and how you fit into relationships with other people and into relationship with yourself things can get kind of lost and I've dealt with a lot of experiences and like depersonalization and dissociation and stuff like that where I really don't feel like I exist it's a really weird thing to try to explain but it's like I I momentarily forget who I am I forget where I am I forget what I'm doing I don't know who I am essentially um and then when I'm faced with this when I am faced with the reality of yes I am indeed a real person and there are people who interact with me and they know me and they see me and they take me in as I am like that's a really scary thought sometimes and it it, it's a really hard thing for me to wrap my head around where it's like the best way I can try to explain it is like sometimes when I meet people and you know you go to shake hands you say hi I'm Gwen like that is so terrifying to me because like even if I don't introduce myself right away when somebody else introduces themselves to me like hi I'm so-and-so then it comes up in my brain like oh shit like I have to tell them who I am in like two seconds and like I have to (laughs) I have to like reconcile the fact that they are looking me in the eyes and like taking in this first impression of me and that's so scary um and that's caused me a lot of upset and discomfort in my life and a lot of mental health issues um and that's been like the biggest hurdle I've had to get over since like my adolescence until now um i think that could be a bit of a like a difficult thing as well with youtube like mm-hmm. even if it's a very positive platform you you can get a lot of in, um, inspiration from it it's also mm-hmm. a bit dangerous if you are in a dark place like that and identify with a person say like jonna or wh- mm-hmm. whoever and you don't get out of that because then you're just in identifying with that person yeah and living through them yeah. thinking you are in that kind of woodsy lifestyle mm-hmm. um but it's a big step going from like going into a lifestyle like hers or mine or uh, whoever. Mm-hmm. But then also actually take in direction. Yeah, I'm going to do this also myself, not just live through these basically characters. Yeah, yeah. No, that's suit. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that is exactly you just summed up like the oh gosh. Yeah. Another really big realization that I had to make myself as I was going through this process of like trying to find my own voice through my own form of storytelling and what kinds of stories I was going to tell and am telling not trying to make myself feel like I had to fit into any one particular 
kind of story frame of like, oh, I'm doing this thing or I'm thinking about this thing or whatever. Um, yeah, just trying to find my own voice within that has been another like really interesting journey. And I'm really excited that it's not going to be over for a long time because it's such a cool thing to be able to find your voice. Um, yeah, that's been a huge part of, I think, where I'm ending up now in my life. Um, is this path of trying to find my voice and trying to be confident in it and not put myself down so much because I really have a tendency to minimize myself and to not take up space and to, oh, you know, like, no, don't worry about me. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm not anybody. Like, don't pay attention to me. <laughs> then it's ex extra important, I think, to actually be on a platform like YouTube and put yourself out there and realize that I have value yeah. and I have my own voice yeah. and yeah, get that confident up again. Mm -hmm. But now when you have started to find your voice you have a bit of a language on youtube your your style trying to um, map that out mm -hmm. what is it that you try to communicate with your videos that's something that i'm really still figuring out um same here that's gonna yeah. take for i don't think you're ever gonna land on like this is me this is what i'm doing that's not yeah. the point i'm just like right now what do you feel like communicating to people it would be interesting to answer this by going back and looking in the beginning of my notebook of what I wrote out this time of like why I wanted to start the channel and what I think it, it that that it oh gosh it's changed so what I was trying to communicate when I first started my channel or what I thought I wanted to communicate now it's a little bit different as a bit of time has gone on which is obviously normal and natural that's just how it happens things evolve and grow and change it's such a big question it's really it's a really big answer in my mind enormous <laughs> yeah it's hard it's really hard to nail it down and put it succinctly into like few words but we're just in such a strange time right now as a species i think is what i keep coming back to when I look at it would be really easy to moan about oh the state of the world because there's just so many there's just so much to unpack um for me I'm very centered in this idea of the way the world is doing things needs to change within so many different realms like you could talk about that in so many different ways you could talk about it in terms of climate change, climate justice, social justice systems, economic systems, and how they all relate and intertwine with each other, because they are all interconnected. You can't separate them. Um, but do you see what I mean? Like, that's such a big topic Absolutely. to <laughs> try it's, to tackle. It's extremely hard to unpack, as you <laughs> yeah, said. Yeah. Um, I think really what I've been doing this year is just experimenting and talking about things only that I think that I am not qualified to talk about, but that I've done enough research and I've done enough living those kinds of ideas that I'm justified in talking about them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kind of, yeah, kind of ties into like the imposter syndrome, I think, where it's like, I don't want to talk, I don't want to overreach or overstep myself and talk about something that I haven't. I feel like I need to have a right to talk about something, you know, like it needs to be something that is applicable to my life or applicable to the lives of people that I have in my life, people that I know. Um. But I think it's also important, we have this, not we as a, <laughs> as a people in Sweden, <laughs> but another podcaster I listen to a lot has this Swedish term called, uh, he says, prata, which means basically, I'm going to try to talk now. Mm. And he has no idea what he's going to say. So it's basically just a thought he has in his head. 
And when he's saying, yeah, I'm going to prove Prato about this, it basically takes off the edge of the conversation. He's like, I'm not going to try to be anyone. I'm not going to try to prove a point. I'm not mm. going to say that I have fact about this. I just want to express a thought or a feeling. Yeah. Um, and that's a very beautiful way to communicate, I think, because it's uh, neutralize it in some way. Yeah. You don't have to be an expert uh, to talk about things. Uh, you ha don't have to be an expert on filmmaking just to be on YouTube. Mm -hmm. That's really special. I'm glad you shared that. I never thought about it that way, and I've never heard anybody explain that in that particular way. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I guess that is what I've been trying to do. I've been I've been trying to relate my own personal thoughts and experiences and realizations I've had about things in a way that isn't it's going to convey the truth and it's going to convey the message I'm trying to get across but also doing it without offending anybody and I guess that's like that early maybe it's an early phase you go through when you're putting stuff on YouTube or maybe it never goes away where you're you have this back of your mind worry of like oh my gosh what if I say this thing and then it pisses people off or whatever um yeah but provoking people is not bad yeah when I, I had know. one of my earliest meetings when I started my channel I had a meeting with my one of my best friends Oscar and we had this like talk uh, because he's really good at strategies and stuff mm. um amongst other things like marketing and stuff and mm -hmm. I asked him like, how do you sh think I should angle the channel? How, like, what could be a good idea to start? Or uh, how can I phrase myself? Or, yeah, what should I put out there? Mm -hmm. Like, outside of my, you know, normal cabin life. And he's like, the general idea he had was that either you go and I inspire the shit out of people, or you provoke people. Mm. Uh, because if you can provoke people, that's a lot, you know, that's a lot of traction to the channel as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can also inspire and provoke people at the same time so um, say for instance when i did i did a video this summer called uh we're leaving sweden uh, stalker problems oh uh, yes named yeah the video yeah and that was so intentional like i did i titled the video before we even left sweden mm -hmm. um because i did the intro when we were, were in denmark i was like i know people are gonna be <laughs> so <laughs> so pissed off about this because <laughs> Uh, a lot of people are sensitive when it comes to topics like mm -hmm. uh, stalkers and uh, I totally understand that I totally respect that of course as well uh, but that was I intentionally put that in there to provoke mm -hmm. and I think this, to provoke is not bad either like you need to bring up some feelings and the only thing you don't need to be on YouTube or anywhere online just be a mean person mm. you, we can have different opinions that's totally fine but mm -hmm. if you're just mean on a personal level, level trying to attack one uh, a person, fellow person, or f fellow human being, yeah. that's not okay. Big difference between those two, because I think it's a very beautiful thing when you can have a talk or a discussion with a person you don't agree with at all. Those mm -hmm. often, if it's open-minded people, those conversations is actually where it's leading somewhere. Yeah, I believe that so much. That's yes, I really love that you understand that as well. Um, the people yeah. get so easily provoked, like. Yeah. Just when I posted my recent video, I showed up that we're gonna get uh, fiber optics to the cabin, like real internet. Yeah. And I got a few comments like, oh my God, I'm so disappointed. You're not supposed to have good internet. What? Yeah, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna unfollow the channel. I was like- Oh my gosh. <sighs> like, oh, there's people for everything. Um, That's so funny. But you have to ignore those. I'm totally fine where people like express, express their emotions if they're actu actual critique about something mm -hmm. they're uh, feeling about my channel. Yeah, That's something totally constructive fine. at least. Yeah, exactly. But it's like I got I get several comments a week that is like, 
oh, but this is not simple living. You have a laptop and you have a camera. It was like, yeah, no shit. You're watching me on YouTube. Do you think like, how do you think it ended up here in the beginning? But, That's yeah. actually really funny. Sometimes funny. I love like seeing some of the comments in your. I've seen a few comments in your under your videos. Or yeah, exactly what you're just talking about there. Where if you, even in like your most recent one where you were talking about some of the planks that you had that rotted, I saw a couple comments where like I think most of them were fine, but when I was reading them, I was imagining it from your perspective, like maybe what it might be like for you reading some of those comments where they're like, oh, you should have done this or you need to learn about this or you need to do this. And it's like, it's like, a no lot of shit. Opinions. Like, what do you think I'm doing? Like, I'm like, you learn by making mistakes also. Like, yeah, it's, it's a really weird environment. One thing I've actually learned from a lot of YouTube mm. colleagues uh, is that they, uh, when they get on a really high level, like a mm. million or two million subscribers, they, when they get a viral video or something that is trending a bit, they never, ever, ever, ever go yeah. into the comment field. They just hit publish and then they just that's smart. back away slowly <laughs> and just let it be there. Yeah, I think that's very healthy because if you're in there, I noticed that when uh, one of my videos took off, uh, the oh, one yeah, that got yeah. my channel to where it is today, uh, if I go into that one, uh, one of the intro scenes I have our, Doug, uh, our, Doug. Doug, our dog, uh, Tuss, in it, and she is on her, what do you call it? She's in, in oh, heat yeah. at that moment. And she hadn't eaten like as she normally would, I would say. You can see when she was like breathing heavily because she were, because um, she had a, yeah, she was a bit stressed about the, what do you call it? The oh, excavator, yeah, yeah. the digging machine yeah. on our lawn. That was there. So she was like a bit concerned about that. So heavy breathing. And mm -hmm. then you can see the ribs even more. And oh my God, <laughs> so many people, even though my top comment, the pinned comment on the video is before you comment about our dog's weight, know this and then da 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 and just oh, make a whole yeah. phrase about like, have you ever seen a long yeah. distance runner uh, that is yeah. overweight or something like that? Uh, but people uh, commenting like, oh, no, I'm gonna uh, <laughs> report you to the animal abuse center. I'm gonna take it. It's insane. So um, but yeah. You have to be okay that people mm -hmm. are going to have opinions and mm -hmm. that's totally fine. And that has to be mm -hmm. a part of it as well. But it's, it's for me and Christina, we talk a lot about it, like how you can learn to shut that off as well, because it's not healthy getting all the opinions thrown mm -hmm. in your face. So how do you feel about that? Like reading comments when you get a bit of critique and how yeah. do you handle yeah. it? So far, I haven't really gotten any kind of critique like that. I don't think I'm anywhere near big enough where I my videos are drawing that amount of people in where statistically that's going to happen. Um, but I have a really funny story to tell you um, related to all this. And I was kind of like leading <laughs> into that it. earlier in in the way of provoking people because um, I think I got like, and it's funny because I was thinking about telling you this and then I'm like, oh, should I tell him this? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, what if this person listens to the podcast and then they hear me talk about them? Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I just have to realize like, it doesn't matter. Um, so I had this person comment on that video I was talking about of like a pagan summer solstice where I was including just like a very small amount of dialogue about the damage that institutionalized religions have done to people all across this planet um which is not to demonize Christianity it's just to take a critical look at like look at the history like how can you how can you t willfully turn a blind eye to something like that and just pretend like it doesn't matter or like it doesn't affect you or like it doesn't affect other people because it does and that that's never going to go away and yeah that's a, that's its own whole topic but anyways so um i got this <laughs> comment 
on that video of like a random Bible verse. Um, and I read it and I was like, oh, this is actually maybe interesting because like I was so nervous to put that video out because I know how people can get about it. And it, again, like it wasn't me trying to attack the religion or anything because my mom was Christian. She was very deeply rooted in her faith. And it's, and I, I have, mm, I have okay. friends and I have extended family members who are also very deeply rooted in that faith. And I respect it still. I like, I wish that I've had people tell me that I expect way too much out of people, which I didn't start realizing until these past couple of years where I started butting heads with a couple of people here and there where it's like, I, I just expect a lot out of people. And I guess I expect everybody to be open and mature and honest. And when that doesn't happen, it's always a surprise to me. Cause it's like, what, like, how can you be so like narrow-minded and blind like why why and, and like unkind also that also always shocks me is when people are deliberately unkind i just don't understand it um where the heck was i going with that yeah um anyways i i, get, I want to be able to talk about it and take a critical look at things while also still respecting it and having that mutual respect from other people as they listen to what I have to say and try to step out of their own conditioning and their own little box of their worldview and understand what the other person is saying, even if it, especially when it provokes them, because that's a really special thing, I think, to be able to step outside yourself and really understand why somebody's saying the thing that they're saying, even if you don't agree with it. Um, so this person commented a Bible verse on this video about how basically just saying that like nature is not nature is not god like nature is not the thing that is creation like and anybody who thinks so is a fool like that was the wording of this verse um and i didn't take it personally at mm -hmm. all i was looking at it and i was like like i thought it was kind of funny that like people get that provoked about it i don't know so i just there's like a little bit of like really gentle neutral banter for a couple comments back of back and forth where i was like God is really within everything like God is within us and within the natural world and it's it it is in everything I think I said something along the lines of that and then this person we went back and forth a couple of times and then they were like kind of starting to get a little bit more aggressive and then they left this really nice comment of like really cool channel you're so cool like falconry so cool blah 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 whatever and then I was like oh this is like really weird mixed signals and then all of a sudden I get an email and the email <laughs> I have associated with my channel and it, it's this guy and he wrote me like a whole essay length email of like his thoughts and opinions on this video and like what I was saying about institutionalized religion and colonization and like quote unquote worshiping nature spirits, which like he was going on about it. And then he was going back and forth between being really aggressive and really like condescending and patronizing. And then just flipping of like, oh, but by the mm -hmm. way, you're beautiful and your name is beautiful and you're so cool and your channel is so awesome. I'm so glad I found you. And then he'd go right back to just like shitting all up. over me. And I'm like, I don't understand like what is happening right now. Um, and me stupidly, I responded like so stupid, so stupid. Oh, no. And this I so stupid. And I didn't like really say anything. I was just trying to be polite again. And I think this is a thing because it's like, I'm trying to grow on YouTube. So it's like, I'm trying not to piss anybody off. And I was like, oh, like, I don't want this guy to be like mad at me or anything. So stupid, so stupid and naive. <laughs> I have an expression I've tried to like push into Christina's mind, like don't yeah. feed the fire. 
because if a person sends you an email like that or a comment it's like don't even look at walk it walk away from it it's like it's no it's not worth yeah. your time or energy because even if you respond you're still gonna have that thing in your whole like uh, mm-hmm. in your system even if i when i get an email and i see from the first row is like this is not gonna mm-hmm. be a good email then i yep. just delete yep. it right away because it's not worth my time mm-hmm. and energy but to be honest in the beginning i read everything yeah. i answered everything it's exhausting. As, I, as you said like i want to it's so yeah. much work like having an email that both comes from a youtube channel the podcast my blog newsletter mm-hmm. Oh, Instagram gosh. it's like so many ways so people mm-hmm. can reach you which like it's lovely to be in contact yeah, with you people. get a I lot of really that. special messages um, but I don't think at the same time uh, yeah and long ones like yeah. essays yeah. like you said uh, and people might think that they maybe are the only mm-hmm. one reaching out uh, but then you get like 80 mm-hmm. of those mm-hmm. a week then it's like getting your yeah. getting to be your full-time yeah. job just yeah. responding Mm-mm. and you can't no that's its own whole thing which I also wanted to bring up at some point because I started thinking about that a lot like after you shared my video and I got this influx of messages and message requests and comments under the video which was so 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 special in so many ways and I really loved that people reached out because I met new people through that I met this girl who was following your channel she lives in Toronto she just moved but we could have met up if she had found me when I was still living down south um and like we're still talking now on and off like like I made a couple friends through that which is really cool and special um but like that's so cool for two days I was glued to my phone and it was not healthy and I cannot imagine like (laughs) what you must get when like more people know about you yeah that's crazy but but it's a matter of shutting it off that's the thing like I talked to Christine about it today we are addicted to our phones because we actually I don't mm. want to say have to, but we always always want to keep up yeah. with what's going on, yeah. which is not healthy. We know that. But I have, I'm at that point because I've done video now for so many years, even before YouTube and uh, getting used to getting feedback, if, if, even if it was from mm. my Swedish podcast or if it was from uh, clients reaching out, not happy being, being mm-hmm. happy with the work or yeah, just getting used to opinions. But when my video took off, because back then I had kind of the same amount mm-hmm. you have on YouTube right mm-hmm. now, 600 something. And then with one one video, it went to 70,000 in Oh my gosh, yeah, I think that's something. when I found you was when you were, yeah, in that range, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and that just took off and that was overwhelming. I felt so mm. bad during that time because I didn't know yeah. what to do with it. Like, how do I, how do I even deal with this? Because I hadn't really... Uh, it's gonna sound cheesy maybe too but i really hadn't prepared Mm. for success i just i knew my channel would grow i had total confidence confidence in that no problem but i didn't (laughs) expect it to go that fast and that like so straight up um and that was really tricky for me because i didn't sleep Mm. i didn't eat healthy i stopped exercising because i had so much anxiety about how am i gonna beat this video people are gonna have so much expectations on yeah the next one Mm -hmm. and how do i do that and that was mm-hmm. i didn't feel good at all so christina saw that and took That's care good. of me i think and tried to guide me yeah. in a better direction um i don't think people realize that because you're mm-hmm. a one-man team uh, and when seventy thousand people are starting to watch you that's mm-hmm. kind of intimidating so that's one thing i would actually recommend to people going after a career that it mm-hmm. might reach people like mm. uh, like a lot of people like also not trying to just 
get the channel or the blog or the podcast to be successful, but prepare yourself. How am I going to deal with uh, a lot of opinions? How am I going to deal with uh, feeling let down? When, say, for instance, usually in when channels or when YouTube season, so to speak, goes from December, which is a high, really uh-huh. high peak in, in views and mm-hmm. ad revenue and stuff, um, we as YouTubers earn way more money in December and mm-hmm. than any other ones, month because sponsors are paying more, basically. But what happens in January, because the ads are basically, it's called auction-based, because the more advertisers want to be seen on YouTube and then they pay more per mm. thousand views. But in January, all the budgets, budgets are empty. Um, so last year, I think my salary on YouTube dropped oh, wow. 70% in one day or something. And that's something you have to be mm-hmm. prepared to as well. Like, oh, I'm used to this salary. And then it like, can change shoof, in an instant. <laughs> cut by 70. Yeah, exactly. So not like I did not take it for granted either. And it, of course, goes in season. But just be okay with it. It's going to mm-hmm. be low highs and lows, like in life or relationships or jobs or... Um, whatever so prepare for the lows as well i think that's a very important take yeah it's really interesting trying to wrap your head around needing to roll with the punches that come and like trying to anticipate them without getting yourself sucked into this place of pessimism of like all these things are going to go wrong and ah it's going to be garbage and because you can't go there because that's not productive and that's not going to help you actually accomplish anything. Um, so yeah, being able to, I, I like to equate it to how comfortable most people today are living, like compared to even just a hundred years ago, it's crazy how fast. Extremely yeah, comfortable. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> I, something I think to myself a lot is get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like it's kind of like this little mantra I say to myself yeah. a lot. Um, I think it's because I've worked a lot of really crazy jobs that have, it's like, it, it is a job requirement to be uncomfortable in a lot of these gigs. Um, so yeah, and I've met people where it's very clear that they've been pampered in every possible way imaginable. And that's not to like put them down or anything at all, but it's it's just really, interesting to me to observe what happens to a person when they live in complete comfort and they never have to worry about anything it completely changes you in i don't want to say like not for the worse but like do you know what i mean like it changes people's outlooks on life when you don't have to worry about anything and when every absolutely everything is taken care of yeah and you can you can just basically count on that yeah. everything is going to work out and you have no like mm-hmm. um, risk basically and if you don't have any risk you're not yeah. going to push yourself yeah. either no that's really true it's really true yeah um but one question i wrote down mm. and i wanted to ask you because that you f- i feel like we're, we're circling mm, okay. around that area but since this the name of the podcast yes. is my true north what would you say is your true north? Uh, yeah. Again, a very big question. <laughs> um, I thought about it. I've been trying to think about that because I knew you'd ask that question because I listened to the podcast. Um, yes. Smart. I think I would say it's being able to live... I'd say it's being able to create a life for myself where I can experience the full spectrum of what I am so if I think in terms of 
I try not to think about it in terms of, oh, what's my purpose and what am I meant to do? Because I don't even think that anybody can really know that. I think it's something you discover along the way as new things come along and new things change and some things go out the window and other things come in that you never even anticipated. It's also really hard to realize mm-hmm. it when you're in it. Like it's, I heard this phrase from uh, some kind of lecture, I don't know where it was, but it's, you can never uh, connect the dots um, in the future, you can only connect the hmm. dots in the past. Because when you're looking yeah. back, it's like, yeah, of yeah. course I went that way because I could connect it to that and that. But if you're looking in the present or even in the future, you can't connect the dots because you have nothing yep. to connect it to. Yep. That's very true. That's very true to what I'm going through right now in my life. Um, if you're interested in hearing about that. Absolutely. I didn't want to dig into it too deeply oh. if you didn't want to oh, yeah. bring it yeah, up yourself. No, it's, so. um, I'm pretty open. There isn't a lot that I can't talk about, I find. Um, and I like talking about really difficult things because that's when, that's when I've personally made the most amount of connections with people and the most impactful connections with people is when you talk about those things that you kind of tend to like glaze over in normal conversation. Um, yeah, so the thing I was telling you about... Um, earlier that I said was a surprise and I didn't tell you right away is I so you know how in my most recent video I was talking about how I moved this far north to come back to school and to finish my university degree so I dropped out of school (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah um (laughs) yeah yeah I had somebody ask me I forget who it was because I've been talking to a lot of people throughout this process of trying to figure out what I wanted to do and what kind of decision I wanted to make was like somebody said I don't know if I want to say congratulations or I'm sorry or like <laughs> like what's the situation <laughs> um and it's kind of a bit of both um I was really questioning the decision to go back to school even when I applied back in March um so for context I started in college and I went for forestry which I think is something we talked about at one point uh not too too long ago because you had shared something yeah, yeah quite recently yeah actually, not that long Instagram. ago at all um because you shared a story on your Instagram about this piece of forest that had been cut down um and what your feelings were about that and I felt the urge to reach out and talk to you about it even just like a little bit and it was just like a brief conversation um because that's what I've gone to school for and I've studied and I've worked in that industry for the last um since 2017 um which isn't too long at all like I'm still kind of like a baby I'm only 23 like I haven't had a ton of time to go out and experience this world but um I started having my doubts about it in my second year of college because uh, my first summer out of college, I went out to British Columbia, which is on the West Coast, um, and I worked for a logging company. So I was doing the on-the-ground bushwork in the mountains, in the woods, like in the middle of nowhere. It sounds really awesome. Um, on paper, it looks really cool, and it was a really special opportunity, but it is definitely not as glamorous as it sounds. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it was these moments where I was walking through these pieces of the forest, and I'm you know, doing my job, I'm collecting ecological data and laying out areas where the machine operators can and can't go and all of that kind of stuff. And I had a few moments where I stopped and I stood there and I looked at everything and I really took it all in. And I was like this, I am having an active part in this entire forest coming down in the near future. And that started to really not sit right with me. And Again, this is one of those things where it's its own whole topic of just like talking about what forestry is and what it isn't. And 
what good things exist about it and what other things could probably still change. Um, but yeah, so I came back to university to get my undergraduate degree, which I could do in two years. They had a transfer program with the college. So it was like, oh yeah, that's a really good opportunity. It's, you know, shortened amount of time, it's less money, and I'll get that fancy piece of paper that I feel like I need to have or else I'm not a successful member of society. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> like you have yes. been told since you were Yes, a, which is just crazy to me that kids aren't expected anymore or even allowed to have time in between high school and when they go off to college or university that's ridiculous to me that is absolutely crazy like you cannot know enough about yourself or about the world in such a short span of time when you're like 17 and all of a sudden you're expected to just know what you want to start doing with you don't no, even know your own body no. at 17 like so many changes is going on just in your body and then like have to think of your yeah. whole fucking future that's yeah it's insane i wanted to take a year off in between high school and college and my plan was to go like <laughs> go to scotland or england or something and or ireland and work in a bird of prey center because at that time is when i was getting into falconry um but then I started having that self-doubt and I was like, no, I need to go to school. I need to be a responsible adult and I need to figure my shit out and start my life and that whole kind of narrative. And I found myself at this interesting crossroads where I was like, well, I love the forest, so I'll go study forestry, not having any clue what's actually involved in forestry. Um, <laughs> and just taking time to explore the world and to learn more about myself so I could actually make an informed decision on what was worth my time and energy to start getting into in terms of a career or a life passion or a purpose or whatever. Um, so this time around, obviously it was very different because in terms of making that decision to go to school, because I came up here, it, it's a lot of different things in, into one. Like I, I needed to get out of the city so this was a really good escape for me of having a specific purpose to move so far north away from southern Ontario, which again, like I said, is a whole different world than living this far north, which I really love. I don't think I ever want to live back down south ever again, um, ever. <laughs> it's way too urbanized. There's so many people and yeah, just a whole issue. Um, yeah, you get really used to like having not mm -hmm. that many people around you. Like I like now when we live out here with absolutely no people. When I go into town, just our small town, and go grocery shopping, I get like, yeah. ooh, yeah. it's so much. Yeah, people, I get really overwhelmed. You know? I, and I lived in the biggest capital in mm -hmm. in Sweden before, and mm -hmm. I didn't even think about. Yeah, it's the same. Um, so yeah, it's a yeah, it's the same with Toronto. It's I don't. I meant to look up the population before I came on here. Of like, Toronto is the capital of Ontario, and. Ottawa is the capital of the country, which is also in Ontario. Um, and I don't know which is bigger. I have a feeling Toronto might be bigger than Ottawa. Um, so like, mm -hmm. don't quote me on that, but like, it's just crazy to think that the capital of our province is bigger than the capital of our country. Again, I haven't fact checked it, but I just like, I have a vague inkling that that is the case. Um, yeah, it's a totally, uh, I can't. Uh, there's just so many people. There's just so many people everywhere. Everywhere. It's a whole different life situating yourself <laughs> somewhere where there's just less people and the people that you do come across are more in tune with what you're also trying to get out of life, I think, tends to be the case. Because um, I think people in the city are 
it, it was definitely true for me and my partner when we were living in the, in the city is we got so sucked into just going to work and coming home and going to work and coming home and that was just our life like obviously there was a lot of other stuff we did outside of that but you spend so much time at work and commuting to work and sitting in traffic for it's really bad in southern Ontario the traffic um, for so long like it takes and you don't no. really question it when it's yeah. such a norm either it's like yeah but everyone goes to work and everyone sits in traffic everyone commutes on the yeah. subway everyone do this and this and this it's just normal or just like you said go to mm -hmm. school immediately mm -hmm. after this under school it's just yeah mm -hmm. that's what people do and that's what you felt what that's what i felt like the feeling of like yeah but i should do something yeah. with my life you know i remember going to our what do you call that guidance yeah. counselor in school at like when i was around poof, 14 mm -hmm. 15 and she was supposed to choose the next level of school uh, and they i remember him him asking like yeah but what do you want to do i was like yeah I want to have a career in music, mm. basically a rock star. Um, and he was like, you can't have that. Like, pick something, you know, realistic. I was like, nay, no, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want, like, I get that rock star is a bit mm. far-fetched. I can admit to that. But killing a kid's dream at, like, 13, 14 immediately, instead of like, oh, music, cool. Yeah, then you can yeah. go to this music school and yeah. do this and this and this. Uh, gets get shut yeah. down from the very beginning. It's a really messed up system. And um, I've, I've, I've found that a lot of the focus is just picking something that's gonna make you the most money or that's gonna be the most prolific or that's gonna bring you the most social prestige or whatever it is. And, and instead of just doing what is actually your calling, and even if you don't know what your calling is, at least taking the steps to go figure it out and not pigeonhole yourself into something that you're only doing because you feel like you have to, not because you want to. Um, what would you recommend think what would you recommend people doing if they want to take a few steps in what their calling could be? Yeah. I'd say it's different for everybody because not everybody is in a situation where they can take the time to just put life on pause and go figure it out like I am. You might have a family you have to provide for and you have to work to be able to just stay afloat and keep the roof over your head and food on the table. So that's a very real reality for so many people. And I was feeling that when I was finding this whole niche on YouTube of people leaving the city and going and living in the cabin in the woods um, where I, I felt like I needed to do it, but I couldn't see the path. And I couldn't see why I personally needed to do it. And that was something I was talking about in my recent video of like, I had to, I think I phrased it like I needed to figure out how to use my mind as well as my heart. Whereas before I was only using my mind or I was only thinking logically of, oh yes, of course I have to go to school and I have to work these jobs cause they're gonna make me money and whatever. But then the flip side of that was, so to answer your question, I would say, if you can, just take time away from whatever it is you're currently doing and do something completely random. Like maybe if you can take like a couple of days off work or something, like just go spend time somewhere that is maybe your special place. If it's out in the natural world somewhere or if it's out with a certain group of friends or if it's at a place you really love, doesn't matter what it is, just go spend time there and do something that is gonna connect you back to a deeper part of yourself that maybe you let go of in childhood, say, just as a random example, because that's what happened for me. Um, 
being able to connect to that part of myself again is really what kind of helped me shift my compass a little bit of, oh, no, maybe I actually need to start going this way instead of the way I was going before. Um, and don't feel like you have to rush anything either. Like I started putting this pressure on myself of, oh my gosh, like just because I've had the thought, that means I need to go do it now or else it's never going to happen. Like that's not, nothing ever, ever, ever good happens when you rush things and get anxious about it or impatient because I struggle with that a lot. So I'm really working on just taking the time to figure stuff out and being okay with doing it at a slower pace because we, as you know, we live in this world where everything is so forced, fast pace of like, you have to go, 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 or else you're going to get left behind or you're not going to do all the things and that whole kind of thing. So yeah, focus more on what you can personally do, not on what other people are doing because what other people are doing is what works for them. I was making the assumption that if I went and did the exact same thing, it would also work for me. But then I realized even before I did it, thankfully, that that wouldn't necessarily work for me right now where I am in my life in particular. Um, so, yeah. And it yeah. might change, you know, like just if you try to say, for instance, yes, go to live in a cabin in the woods. That doesn't mean that you're going to end up in a mm -hmm. cabin in yeah. the woods the rest of your life. It's just one yeah. step of the way. And if it doesn't work out, that's fine too. Then you can just move mm -hmm. back. It's not the end of the world if you make a change. It's just making changes in our life at least challenge us to think about who mm -hmm. we are deep down, I think. And if we don't challenge that, we're never going to experience who we really are, I think. And who we are, of course, is going to change over time. I'm not the same person um, I am now compared to two years ago, five years ago, or almost yesterday, mm -hmm. you know, we're completely mm -hmm. changing all the time. Um, so I just think it's important to, when you say that explore a new path or go uh, live somewhere for a weekend, that's so super important to think about. It doesn't need to be mm -hmm. life changing decision, yeah. decisions right away. For me, it took one and a half years to actually move here mm -hmm. from when I bought it. Um, I just went here on weekends yep. in the beginning and that was fine. And then I realized like, okay, yeah, but this, it could work somehow. I, I, I will make it work because this gives me so much energy, yeah. energy to be here. Uh, so then when you're at that breaking point, okay, I need to make this work. Then you yeah, make the transition yeah. maybe. Yeah, those baby steps yeah. are really important before you make a big leap like that. Yeah, and the baby steps for me were all entirely in my head because there wasn't a whole lot I could do until I went and did the thing, which was moving north. Like I had to spend a lot of time in my own head and finding the balance between being in my head, but also not being too much in my head um, to be able to figure that out, which was really, really, really hard to do. It's a lot easier said than done. Um, talking to other people is really important. Like I had to, even with the decision to leave school, I talked to some of my closest friends and some of the like even people I hadn't talked to in a while um I talked to this one lady from who lives in the town I grew up in right now she's an herbalist um and I talked to her for a couple of hours because I just wanted her insight and her wisdom on my current situation because I knew that she would understand a lot of my thought processes that I was having about how to make this decision to leave school after I've made such a huge commitment to move all the way up here. It's like 15, 16 hours away from 
where I came from down <laughs> south and you know I changed everything well I didn't change everything but I changed a lot of things to come up here and I left my family and I left my mom and my mom really wanted me to come up here and um yeah it was a big thing to wrap my head around of like oh my gosh I made this huge commitment to do it and now I'm just gonna throw it away and leave it all um there's but otherwise you're throwing your life away yep. if you're not throwing that away you might be yes. throwing years of your yes. true life away yeah that? that is a huge thing that was definitely the case for me I think and it wasn't just the fact that my mom passed away recently like it wasn't just that was the the herbalist friend I was talking to Corrine she was telling me that this was a catalyst for me um and for people who don't know my mom like the context here is that my mom passed away September 26th um and that was unexpected um I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was and it wasn't. She had stage four lung cancer, um, a genetic form of it. She wasn't, she wasn't a smoker. And um, so it was a huge shock to us, like just reconciling a lot of the stigma that even we had about lung cancer of, oh, you only get it if you're a smoker kind of thing. That's just not true at all. Not true at all. Um, and we thought that she had a lot longer, even though the statistics for stage four are not very optimistic. And that's the stage that she was diagnosed at. They only found it when it was stage four, which is so common for. Oh, OK. Yeah. That's yeah. Nice. And that's she did so much work for um, she did a lot of ad, ad. Oh, my gosh. Advocacy work for lung cancer and other lung cancer patients, because there is a lot of stigma about it and. There's more research being done now in the past five years, but there's not a lot of screening that exists, like does for things like prostate cancer or breast cancer, um, just to name two. There's obviously so many, but yeah, she was diagnosed stage four and most lung cancer patients are only diagnosed stage three or stage four. And at that point it's really difficult to treat um and the life expectancy past like two and five years isn't that great um and so she kind of fell she fought so hard to not be statistic and she didn't want to let herself be statistic um she was honestly like the strongest person i've ever met in my life and i know that's like so cliche to say about your own parent but it's really 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 true she went through so much in terms of her health and just stuff in general in her life and she was diagnosed with Lyme's disease if you know what that is yeah, um yeah, yeah it's a really nasty I believe it's a neurotoxin um in terms of like it's technical what it does to you so it, it she went through that for a number of years before it was diagnosed and treated and then she had a couple of years before she was diagnosed with the cancer so um it was just kind of a bum rap for her I guess but she plowed through it like you wouldn't be able to tell sometimes that she had it um, if you knew her, like, it was obvious that something was different and, you know, she's more tired and she had to rest a lot more than she typically did. And I grew up on the farm that she built. Um, so she, she was a powerhouse of a human being and she didn't let a lot of things stop her or get in her way, especially with the cancer, which definitely inspired a lot of people. And that's what helped her do a lot of the advocacy work that she did and connect with the people that she did because she was kind of like that beacon of hope for a lot of other lung cancer patients where they could see her doing her thing and 
obviously it got her down, but it didn't stop her from living her life or doing the things that she wanted to do. Um, yeah, that's really cool. What did she think about your journey? Um, yeah, she, she, and this has been a, that, this has been a big struggle in terms of making the decision to leave school because she wanted me to come here so badly. And when I was having a lot of doubts in the summer of feeling like I didn't actually want to go, but not knowing what I had to do instead, um, we talked about it multiple times for hours and she was always very, she, she was a very extremely logical, practical person. And she was very academic also. She was a school teacher and she had a few degrees and this, that, and the other thing. And so she really wanted to see me also pursue the side of myself that is also very academic and also very scientific minded. And she knows that I have always been a really strong student and I've always excelled in that kind of environment. So I know that she was really proud seeing me go off to university and I felt proud going off to university and like I was pursuing that. But at the end of the day, it just came down to this is not the industry that makes me feel like I'm doing something important enough um, in what I feel like I'm called to do. And that was really hard because she knew that she was going downhill in, term, in terms of her health. And she didn't tell me when I was, this was all happening when I was packing up to move in August, um, when she was having like her routine tests and stuff like that. And they found that all of a sudden the cancer just exploded out of nowhere and it was just taking over her entire body. And maybe she knew that she would be approaching the end. I honestly don't know, but she, she knew enough that she made the decision not to tell me when I was moving and she called me like a week or two after I got here uh, to tell me and talk about it. Um, so it was hard to decide, yes, I'm going to drop out of school when so much of it revolved around the fact that my mom wanted, wanted to see me come up here so badly and I was feeling a lot of guilt about how it would make her feel if she could know now that I've dropped out of oh, school, yeah, like how, tough. yeah. And I was feeling a lot like I, like I can't do it just for the sake of her memory and how much she wanted to see me get this degree and finish my schooling. And But deep down, I'm guessing she wanted you to be happy. And yeah. if this is happy for you, yep. that's probably the right choice. Yep, exactly. And I talked to my sister about this as well. And she said the same, th and I said that to her and she said the same thing to me of, you know that at the end of the day, mom would want you to do what, you know was good for you because um, she always pushed me to do my own thing no matter what that was like yeah so yeah it's been a lot to figure that out um, and it's funny because in my video about why I moved north I was talking about making that decision with my head and my heart instead of only one or the other and at one point I was trying to make these decisions with only my heart and that might sound kind of weird to say it but like I'd explain it in the way of this idea this analogy of the rider and the horse which is a quote I got from this book I'm currently reading called um, I think it's called the, the the laws of human nature by Robert Greene I think that's the title of the book, but he made this analogy of the rider and the horse where the rider is your logical analytical mind and the horse is your emotion. It's your heart. It's your like deep down what exists in your core. Um, and there needs to be a balance between the two. So 
if you don't have a strong ride, and this is really interesting for me because like I grew up on a horse farm and like I grew up riding. Mm. So this really stuck with me when I read this is if you don't have a strong rider and if you have a really strong horse and the horse just gets away on you and you're <laughs> not in control of it whatsoever. And yeah. like there can be bad things that happen from that. Um, but at the same time, if you have a rider that's too aggressive and too controlling and the horse is so submissive to that, then, you know, you can do the math and kind of extrapolate on the opposite end of that spectrum of doing things only from your analytical mind and not actually paying attention to what your heart might be telling you. So you have to find a balance between the two and that's what I've been trying to do. But like, I'm kind of a hypocrite because I was saying in my video and I was saying to myself, like, oh yeah, I made the decision using my mind and my heart. So therefore I went back to school, even though deep down, like I had so many doubts about it because I was trying so hard to rationalize it to myself of, Yes, of course, this is what I need to be doing. And that is not the case. That isn't that. Yeah, that's just not the case. That's not what's ended up just happening. Sometimes now. it takes time to figure that out. Like mm -hmm. you might think that you're doing the right thing or for the right reasons or whatever. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, your stomach, at least for me, usually tells you like yeah. the f if you weren't like went back to school the first day, maybe at school back there would like. Yeah. Ooh, okay this doesn't feel good that's usually a, like a strong indicator yeah and through all of this i've really realized that you're not going to figure anything out if you don't make just some decision you have to you just have to do something it doesn't matter if it's the right thing right away right off the bat like that doesn't matter it just matters if you actually pick just some direction to go in and start mm -hmm. there and try it and i think that's what nicole was saying in your last episode of like What's the worst thing that happens? You try it and if it doesn't work out, oh well, now you know. Like, you know, imagine how it would feel to never try and then just never know. That's even if it's way more horrible. Yeah, Absolutely. even if. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that I tried the school because now I'm not going to be left wondering if I made a mistake by just not going. Um, because now I know for sure, like it's not it's not the industry I necessarily want to be in. And especially right now, it's just not a good time in my life to be trying to put myself through that kind of intensive of a program as it is. And it's a really intense program. And normally, like before all of this happened with my mom in September, it was all like right off the bat. It was so, so, so much. And even for me being a strong student it was a struggle it was a serious struggle and i was starting to have my doubts that i'd be able to pull through in decent shape and then i had to fly home uh to be with my mom before she passed away i had to leave here for two weeks um and be with her and when i came back to school and i came back to i came back up north it was like cramming trying to catch up on all the material i missed and the assignments i missed and Meanwhile, my body and everything, like everything just went through this extremely traumatic experience of watching my mother pass away from this horrible disease. Um, I get that from her though, of like just plowing through it and not thinking twice about it, um, which can also not be a great thing because sometimes you really do just need to take a step back and allow your space, sorry, allow yourself the space to feel what you need to feel and go through what you need to go through and give your body and your mind time to rest yeah um, i usually say like try to embrace your crisis because crises are there for some reason in some mm -hmm. way and mm -hmm. if you can embrace that like it can be like you need to go off somewhere or just sit down by yourself or take time off or whatever but if you're not embracing 
and respecting that kind of time because it's losing your mom or your dad or getting fired from a job, like whatever trauma it is you're carrying mm -hmm. is gonna stick for the longest time in your body if you're not giving it mm -hmm. some attention yeah. at least. Yeah, you have, yeah, exactly. You have to be okay with letting it out into the open. You can't hold it just in here indefinitely it, it doesn't work and that's what i was trying to do trying to do when i was trying to catch up on school and stay on top of everything and things were just starting to fall apart like like i was a hot mess for her a while when i was trying to stay so diligent and you know be a really good student and catch up on everything and stay on top of everything and it was getting to the point where like i was going to school for most of the day coming home working on school stuff for the entire rest of the day, doing it every single day. And I know that it was just a random extenuating circumstance and like, this is not the normal experience. So I was like, I was, again, I was rationalizing and saying to myself, I should just stay and get through the semester and the next semester it'll be better. But then I had to reconcile with this knowing that I had of, it doesn't matter if I get through this semester, I still don't want to be here. It's like, it's going to be even more horrible if you plow through that and mm -hmm. add one or two more years of stuff yep. you don't want to do. Yep. Then you're going to have even more regrets, I think, at the end. Yep. The people that want to learn more about your story, well, I think you and I could sit here for hours and just talk easily. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> no doubt, I feel like, and yep. so many topics. But we, I think we can revisit you and just go back and like maybe have, find a niche next time we're talking. That could be oh, kind of yeah. fun to explore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it's yeah, forestry or if it's whatever. Yeah, or the um, falconry That could be really too, fun. Yeah. yeah, we haven't even gone into that. So yeah, no. there's <laughs> more stuff to uh, revisit <laughs> yeah. easily. Yeah. But people that want to find you and learn more about you, f see your videos mm -hmm. or where do they go? So my YouTube, it's mainly just YouTube and Instagram. Um, my YouTube is Gwendolyn and it's spelt not the usual way it's spelt g-w-e-n-d-e-l-y-n-e -E -E, not d-o-l-y-n <laughs> and then my instagram is cosmic vertigo except vertigo is spelt with two o's so it's cosmic vertigo because cosmic vertigo <laughs> was taken <laughs> and i will leave all the links in the show notes as well so they can just click their way through thank you so much for coming on and talking with me and taking the time yeah, thank you for having me. This is super special. If you, if somebody told me a year ago when I started making videos that eventually I'd be sitting here talking to you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. But this is the fun part of the podcast, like yeah. reaching people that are like-minded and just, yeah, now I have a, a person I've never met before on mm -hmm. my screen and we can just mm -hmm. talk for hours. It's a weird but wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. It's really special. Thank yeah. you for coming on and we'll talk soon again. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you liked it, which I <laughs> guess you do because you're still listening. If you did, it would mean the world to me if you could share it online. Maybe take a screenshot and share it as an Instagram story because then we can reach even more people. And if you want to find your own true north, I'm highly going to recommend my very own ebook. Find your true north, your roadmap to creating a life you don't need vacation from. And as I said in the beginning, it has tons of creative challenges, tools, and most importantly, an exclusive community connected to the ebook, which you only can access if you order the ebook. I know it can be very overwhelming to start a journey like this on your own to try to find your own true north, 
but that's exactly why I created the exclusive community. You can hit the channel up for a boost of encouragement, advice to help you overcome roadblocks, or to discuss your favorite tea blend. Having a real supportive community around you when you make a change like this is everything. That community is the major source of support in your journey to find your own true north. So if you want to read more about the ebook, you can simply click the link down in the description or go to kalleflodin.com. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk soon again. Take care.